Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. How to sell on social media. That's what we're talking about today on Build Your Tribe. I know it's a question so many of you have. If you don't yet have an email list or if you have an email list and it's not yet at the size of which you'd like it to be in order to create the kind of sales you'd like to have, well then really what other choice do you have? You can run ads on social media, which is expensive and getting more expensive by the day and less predictable. Or you can figure out how to sell on social media. And that's what I'm going to break down for you today. By far, the number one question that I tend to get is, especially from people who want to build a business using social media, is they want to know how to sell on social media. I get asked this question all the time. In fact, the last live training that I did, that question came up. And I just said what I always say, which is you don't sell on social. You sell on your email list. But then when I finished, my husband challenged me. He's like, you know, yes, but Shaleen, every time you go on social, our sales go through the roof. If you talk about one of our programs or one of the products that we offer, you definitely sell. You definitely 1000% sell. Like long before we had an email list for the push journals, for example, he's like, Shaleen, you sold over a million dollars worth of push journals just using pretty much Instagram and Facebook. And so when you tell people you don't sell on social, like that's really not accurate. So I had to think about that for a second. And he's right. Like we did not have an email list for one of our physical products, which is under a different business name. So we have several different businesses. And one of the umbrella businesses is called Smart Life. That business, we produce physical products one of which is a daily journal, a productivity journal, if you will. It's called a push journal. And before we had an email list built up or even a social media platform for that, when we just launched it, I talked about it in my social media. Well, okay, let me back up. So what I'm about to share with you is how I sold over a million dollars worth of journals without an Instagram account for that particular brand and without an email list for that particular brand. And here's how I did it. And I just want to say, state for the record, I still don't believe I ever sell on social media. And that is why when people ask me, how do you sell on social media? That's why my answer is you don't. And I'm going to explain why my husband challenged me on that and said, but you do. Okay. I'm going to explain why I make this distinction. I don't sell on social media. I explain. Because I explain, I don't feel like I'm selling. In fact, I think the second you say to yourself, oh, I've got to sell this, then you're selling. The right way to offer anything to anyone is to ask yourself, okay, so what do I need to explain to this person to help them make the decision if, in fact, it's the right thing for them? I don't want anyone buying something that they don't need, they won't use, or they can't afford. So although I would like to take issue with my husband who says that I do sell on social media, I am going to break down the process, which I like to call explaining, and how you can convert your relationship 
with your most loyal followers on social media, whether it's on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter or anywhere else for that matter, you can help people make buying decisions. I do not believe selling works. I think it is a quick way to lose a lot of followers. I think it's very hard for just about anyone to just like go onto their stories or go and make a post on Instagram and flat out sell. I think that post is going to bomb. I think it's going to kill your followers and it just is not a great long-term strategy. So let me share with you my process for moving products and converting followers into customers by doing the following. Okay, number one is you have got to build trust in a relationship. You have to go so deep with your followers and provide such valuable content that they want to have a more intimate relationship with you. Now, if that is on Facebook, then typically what we're talking about is then having your someone who's following you on either a Facebook fan page, a Facebook business page, or your Facebook profile page. Then that person says, raises their hand and says, you know, I'd like to take this and go a little deeper with you. And that person will then join a Facebook group. Once someone is in a Facebook group, now it's just different. That person has raised their hand and said, I don't want the things that everybody else is seeing. I am here for a more in-depth experience. I trust you, I like you, and I want to go deeper. The same is true on Instagram when it comes to our stories. So the average person might be watching your feed. Right, So what we post to our feed content, if it is compelling, if it is valuable, if it's shareable, if it's something that people go like, huh, this is really interesting. I kind of want to know more about the person behind this post, behind this message. Then they start to watch your stories. Okay. Now this is, yes, in fact, a process. So if you are someone who manages social media for brands and you're teaching them how to do this, It's a little tougher workaround. It's a little longer process because building trust is much easier when there's a person or a couple of people who are associated with the brand. I'm thinking of a brand right now by the name of Siete Chips. So this is a food brand. It's a organic, non-grain-based chip, like tortilla chip. And I happen to follow their account. And this is a perfect example of when you're seeing their content on their feed, it's useful and it's valuable, but once you you know try to siete chip, you kind of want to know like the family and the story behind this product. And so when you start following their stories, then you're going to see the people who work there, and you start to know them and like them and trust them. And that's exactly the right way to do it for a brand that isn't associated with a personality. Now, for you, if you are a solopreneur an entrepreneur or somebody who, you know, you're associated with your brand, which I think you are, even if you're in network marketing, remember people aren't buying the brand. They are buying from you because they know, like, and eventually trust you. And we build trust in our stories. Okay. So this is a process. It starts by creating valuable content and serving our audience and not selling in our feed. Okay. So what you post to your Instagram feed, what you post to your Facebook wall should never be a sale. I mean, very, very, very rarely should it be a sale. If you want a percentage, I would say less than 5% of the time should it be a sale. Yeah, 95% of what you should be creating should just be value-driven, value-driven. Go ahead, 
take a look at my Instagram or my Facebook feed, you will see that I'm not selling. I'm providing value, value, value. Okay. But what I am trying to do is create trust. And I'm trying to invite people who raise their hand and self-select to go deeper. And deeper, let's just use Instagram as an example. So people who follow me on Instagram stories, I know that that is somebody who they're there to know me, but they still want value, right? So even if I'm sharing a piece of my day and what's going on behind the scenes, I'm gonna do so with the intent of saying like, how can I make this valuable or interesting to other people and mainly valuable? So even if it's someone who's following me for Instagram, right? But now they're watching my stories. They're following me for Instagram or business tips, but now they're watching my Instagram stories. And if I'm going to share with them what I'm having for lunch, well, everybody eats lunch and everybody wants to be healthier. So I don't just show them what I'm eating. I'm going to talk about why it makes me feel better, how it improves my brain function. You know, I'm going to entertain people with the way that I don't know what I'm doing in the kitchen and cooking. They'll get to know me on a more personal level, but everything that I'm creating, you know, I'm being authentically me, but in the back of my mind, I'm always asking myself, how can I frame this in a way that it's interesting a little bit, but more so that it's valuable? Because if it's not valuable, people just don't have time. Interesting is what we watch on TV, right? Like I'm not gonna kid myself and assume that I can keep people's attention just by being interesting. There needs to be value there. Now, here's another really important factor. I want people to trust my recommendations and trust my opinion. So in order to do that, I need to share my opinion and recommend things that I don't sell. And I need to do that 90% of the time. It needs to be things that I don't benefit from it. So last night, for example, on my stories, I shared with people this amazing wine bottle opener that I got on Amazon. It's like $19 and it's just the perfect gift. So many people go to parties around the holidays and they bring a bottle of wine and you know, because you've had parties and you're like, who brought us this bottle of wine? You don't remember. And you don't keep that bottle of wine. You could never even send a thank you because you get so many bottles of wine when you're hosting a party, right? So I offered this tip, like here, this is an amazing, like this is the coolest wine bottle opener. It's $19 and you get it on Amazon. And I'm doing that all the time. Any gadget, anything that makes my life easier, and I've used it, I've tested it, I've come to know that it's a product that comes from a company that's reputable, that has great customer service and that it works and it's not going to fall apart. Well, then I'm going to recommend it to my audience. And in doing so, what I'm teaching them is I'm going to be good for it. Meaning they know I don't even have to do the research. I don't have to look at all the different type of wine bottle openers that are sold on Amazon. I know because Shaleen recommended this one. It's the best one to order. She saved me time. She saved me money and I can trust her. I think the biggest mistake that people make when it comes to social is they're constantly thinking they have to sell their product. Okay, which leads me to my next point. It's the anti-sell. And it's something I learned from the days I did at QVC. So when you're going to have a product on the air at QVC, QVC makes you come into town and you have to, for I forget how many days it is, go through their training process where they teach you how to answer questions, and explain your product on air. And one of the most valuable things I learned from them is that you want to speak to their viewer the same way you would speak to your girlfriend or your closest friend. And when it comes to your closest friend, even if you have something you absolutely love, 
You're going to tell them the thing about it that might make it imperfect for them or that they just need to know about it. So for example, you might say, I love this car. I love this car. I will always drive this car. I love this SUV, I should say. But to be honest, it doesn't have a lot of room in the back for storage. Like I can't fit as much cargo in this SUV as I could my other one, but it drives like a dream. That is what they might consider the anti-cell. Or for example, I'm going to give you a QVC example. This is a pre-lit Christmas tree. Keep in mind, however, these lights are attached. So if you wanted colored lights, you would have to string those yourself. So by doing that, it's being honest and you're not sugarcoating everything. You're being very transparent. You're informing the viewer so that they feel like, oh, wow, yeah, they're not painting this rosy, perfect picture. They're giving me all the information that I need so that I can make an informed decision. And this is really important, not just with your product that you want to sell, but with all things. Listen, if you're trying to figure out how to explain in such a way that people want to buy from you, follow me on Instagram stories because I'm telling y'all, I love to shop. I love gadgets. I love things that work. I love anything that makes life easier. So I'm forever talking about all the different kinds of things on my Instagram stories and on my Facebook page. Now, because I do this so often, my followers have come to know that they can trust my word, that if I recommend it, they're going to buy it. And it's great. And it's worked out really well because I am very particular about the things that I recommend. I'm very careful. That's why I won't do affiliates or sponsorships or even ads for any of my podcasts unless it's something I already love, use, I've tested, I've talked about it forever because my reputation is too important. I cannot risk recommending something that people don't enjoy or that doesn't work for people. No, I'm not saying like everything I recommend works for everybody, but you know what I'm saying? Like I have to be very careful about the things that I recommend because when I do go to recommend or explain something that I offer, I have to use that same protocol. So for example, yesterday on my Instagram stories, I shared with people information about the push journal. Now to do this, I broke it down and explained to people how the push journal is different from other journals. This might not be the right journal for you. Just saying that gives me more credibility. It might not be the right journal for everybody. What's different about this journal is it's not dated. So if you want a dated journal, this isn't the one for you. You have to say things like that so the audience goes like, oh, oh, I appreciate that because I'm looking for a dated journal. But see, by saying that, I've maintained the trust of my audience. And then I went on to say, okay, here's how you create a push goal. A push goal isn't a big goal. It isn't your most important thing. A push goal is a goal that you create after creating your other 10 goals and realizing that there's something you need in order to make those happen. So a push goal is a goal that makes room or makes it possible for you to accomplish the other 10 goals. And once I explained to people on my stories yesterday how exactly to do that, I also said, and guess what? You don't need this journal to do that. You can literally do this on a blank piece of paper if you want. But if you want it to be concise, if you want it to be organized and all in one neat little place and, you know, a 30-day journal that you always have with you and it's all like step-by-step laid out for you, well, then you want a push journal. But don't get me wrong. You can definitely do this on a notebook, a blank notebook page, because I did for 12 years. 
And see, I'm explaining so that they can make a decision. And that is the difference between selling and explaining. Here's another example. I watch a lot of network marketers when they are talking about whatever the new releases of their company that they represent, whether it's clothing or makeup or a fitness product or a supplement. I find that if I'm following these people on social media, the biggest mistake that I see them make is they are in love with every single product that comes out. And I know you've lost my trust because that's not possible. Maybe you love the way it feels, but you don't think it's flattering on you when you try it on. Or maybe you, this workout you think is great for other people, but you hate running. When we're honest with our audience, they can make an informed decision for themselves. And then we maintain trust. And that's a process. My next tip is authenticity. And I know you've heard this a million times, but even people, even to people who I hear teaching that you've got to be authentic, I watch them on their stories. I'm like, dude, you're not being authentic. Like you're literally selling right now. You are selling so hard. You've just hit hands free on the camera. And it's really clear that you are coming from a script. This does not feel natural. This does not feel like you're talking to your girlfriend. It feels like you are trying to make a sale. So I'd love to tell you some people to watch who do this really, really well, but I can't think of any off the top of my head right now. There's a lot though. There are a lot of people who do it really, really well. And there's a lot of them who I'm sure you follow who don't do it well because you can just friggin' tell that they're trying to sell you something. You know, here's how you'll know. When you're watching someone's story or they're live in their Facebook group, you just feel like you're watching a friend and you know that they're giving you the whole story, not just the things that are going to get you to click. They care. They don't want you to buy something that you don't need, don't have any use for, or you can't afford. My next tip for you is conversations. This is a process that takes time. You've got to build relationships. Relationships are built through conversations. So what I'm talking about is creating content, again, in your stories and in your Facebook groups where you are regularly having dialogues, not just monologues. If you follow me on Instagram stories, if you're in any of my private Facebook groups, I'm constantly asking questions. And I'm, I'm not just doing that to create engagement. I'm doing that to create relationships. I'm doing that to create an understanding. I'm doing that to co-create with my audience. To go back to this example of our push journals, which, okay, so we launched that. I'm trying to think how many years ago now we launched the push journals. I think 2016. And that first year we had almost a million dollars in sales. Today, I can tell you that the push journal has an Instagram page of its own that's at 10K. It's got its own email list and it's doing really well. So now our sales with the push journal, most of which happen through our email list a little bit of social on their Instagram page and and sometimes on mine. So this week is a big week for us. Between now, November, and the probably middle of January, that's where we're going to hit 80% of our sales for the Push Journal. So I'm going to talk about a little bit more in my social. I'm going to explain things in my social. But in order to have that kind of trust with my audience, I need to have created a dialogue a conversation and not just a monologue. I think the biggest mistake that brands and entrepreneurs are making is they cannot figure out why they're not 
having conversations when they want to have conversations, but they are only trying to have conversations when they're trying to sell something. This is an ongoing process. Like every single day, every single story that I post, I think to myself, okay, how can I make this about a two-way dialogue, not just me sharing what gadget I'm in love with, but also asking like, so what's the favorite thing that you found on Instagram? What is your favorite book that you've ever read this year? What is your favorite place to shop on Black Friday? Like I'm asking conversations, I'm sharing those answers with my audience, and I'm responding to my DMs. And yes, that takes a lot of time. But to me, it's worth it. Like that is how we move everything. That's how we build relationships. That's how we get people enrolled in the Marketing Impact Academy or people decide to join the Insta Club Hub or buy a push journal or join Phase It Up. Like we have a multitude of brands and they might not serve everyone, but there's something to serve someone who's following me. And the only way I'm going to figure out who or what it is that will serve that person is by asking. You have to ask questions in order to know what people need. So strategically consider how you can learn more about your followers by engaging with them. And as an extra added bonus, when you do have DMs and conversations with your followers, whether it's on Facebook in a Facebook group or on Instagram via DMs, that engagement pushes your content to the top of the feed. So you're more likely to show up in that person's feed because a million people, they follow, you know, on average, 250 people. So if on average, we follow 250 people and statistically speaking, it is reported that we engage with between 10 to 15 brands in a single day, well, to make that small, small elite cut that people are looking at on the daily, Instagram and Facebook have to assume, oh, this is someone who you're in a relationship with. Right? They don't want to serve up branded content and commercial content and stuff that's self-serving to us on Instagram and Facebook. They want to serve us content that they believe is from people who we're truly in a relationship with and having dialogue back and forth with. So your content is just going to show up more regularly if you're actually having these conversations. All right, so now let's talk about a Facebook group. If you have a Facebook group, as you've heard from some of the experts that we've had here on the show it's really important that you are allowing those conversations to happen in your Facebook group and you are encouraging them, you're fostering them. Just by asking a simple prompt a couple times a week, a simple prompt where you're not just, again, sharing valuable content with them, which of course you're going to do, but you're also recognizing that they have valuable input, valuable feedback, and that dialogue is incredibly valuable to you. My next suggestion for you is to use your social media to co-create. Case in point, this morning, I got a message from a gal who you've heard here on the show before, Mindy Lawhorn. She has a private Facebook group, a membership site called The Bible Babes. And she texted me today and said, hey, I am trying to figure out what to name this seven-day guide that I'm creating for the Bible babes all around gratitude to coordinate with Thanksgiving. Should I call it? And she gave me like four different names. And she said, you know, I need your marketing genius. And I said, girlfriend, I'm not the marketing genius, but you know who is? Your Bible babes. Ask them. Let them be a part of the creation of this. 
You see, we no longer need to be as creative as we think we need to be. We don't have to guess or try to estimate or hypothesize what it is our customers want, what they want it to be named, what they're going to respond to. Rather, what we should do is we should include them. We need to make them feel like they're a part of it. Okay, again, I'm going to use another example. We have new push journals that arrived today, and they go on sale for Black Friday. Now, I already had names for each one of these collections. I had named each one of the collections myself. But then I thought, okay, I need to take my own advice. And rather than coming up with a name for each collection myself, I should involve my audience. So I went to my Instagram stories and I posted up, you know, each of the three sets. So each collection has three 30-day journals. So a total of 90 days, right? And each little set, it looks different. So I showed each set, each collection, and I said, okay, what would you call this set? And then once I had the top answers, then I put it to a quiz, which is really essentially a poll. And then people could vote on what name they wanted. And lo and behold, we have four new sets of journals. And all four sets, people picked names that I wouldn't have picked. I wouldn't have known that it had gone over so huge. Like there were huge, monstrous discrepancies between the number one vote and the number two vote. Now that gives them the ability to tell me like what they're feeling about the set, right? The collection, even the names that they chose for those sets help me to understand email copy. Okay, so for example, one of the sets has these great mantras on them. One of the covers says, just start. The other one says, progress over perfection. And then the third one says, work does not equal worth. And I was going to name this collection, the Resilient Collection, but I put it to a vote. And they decided to call it the Mindset Matters Collection. Now, that gives me a lot of intel. It means that the word resilient didn't resonate with them. They didn't connect to that word, but they did connect to the idea of mindset and how much mindset matters. Now I can use that information to craft better email copy, to craft a better landing page, like just involving them in the process of helping them tell me how those phrases make them feel is going to help me market the product just that much better to them. It will help me the next time I go on stories to talk about it. It will help me in writing email copy. It will help me in writing sales copy. And even though those journals were not for sale today, what I did is put a little bit of foreshadowing in the minds of my customers, my followers, right? So Now they have been a part of the creation process. They feel like they co-created these new journals. They're already thinking about them. They already gave them a name. I didn't even have to sell them, but I can tell you like over half of the DMs that I got from people are like, when will these be available? And that's what you want to do. You want to get to a place where you don't have to sell. People are asking where they can buy things or asking, how do I get my hands on these? You can create wait lists. You can create demand. And that is so much more fun. It's more fun for your followers and it's way more fun for you. It feels way more natural. I just cannot stress to you enough the importance of remembering that this is a journey and it's a relationship. It's just like real life. You don't want to push things on people. You want to show up with integrity. You want to show up the same person. You want to be trusted. You need to value your opinion. You need to be patient 
And you need to know that if it's not right for somebody, you don't want to push them into buying anything. You want to explain everything so that people can make an informed decision and decide if, in fact, it's right for them. My last and final tip is the swipe up, the coveted swipe up, the coveted link. People always want the link. Okay, so two things that do not work well. I mean, they work, but not well when you're doing selling on social. And that is just sending people to a link or posting a link. First of all, anytime you just post up a link, you know this, that particular piece of content will tank just for whatever reason, Instagram and Facebook, they can tell when you've placed a link in something and it's going to get less reach. I did it tonight, even though I knew, oh, dang it, why am I doing this? It's not going to get as great of reach. Now, I, I didn't send people a link to a sales page, but I sent them a link to a quiz, a quiz to figure out why your Instagram might be dead in the water right now. Hey, do you want to take that quiz? You can. I will put a link in our show notes. And it's just a quick three-minute quiz. It's kind of cool because it helps you to figure out like, okay, what is going on? Why is my Instagram crickets right now? Even though I wasn't selling in that post because I put a link in it of any kind, both Instagram and Facebook, they, they kind of kill the reach on anything you put a link on, okay? So number one, you don't want to send people to a link when you're selling, number one. And number two is the swipe up. So everyone wants that 10,000 followers, and I've seen so many freaking people buy followers so they can get that swipe up, and it's really pointless because you're going to kill your engagement. It looks so phony. We can tell you about your followers, and Instagram can tell you about your followers, and now you got that swipe up, and you got that swipe up, but you don't have the 10,000 followers. So what's the point, right? Those followers you bought, they never become real customers. So what should you do instead of a swipe up? Well, here's what I suggest. Even if you have 20 followers, this works. You put up a poll. You give people the option and you say to them, okay, so for example, let's say I have a, a new product and I'm demonstrating how the product works and I'm showing my audience like, okay, here's how you use it. Here's what you need to know about it. Oh, you know, here's what the price is. Here's who it won't work for. Remember, we want to do that anti-sell. And then instead of saying swipe up if you want to purchase it, I would say this. If you want me to send you information or details on how you can get a discount on this exact model, click yes. And if you don't, you can just click no thanks. Now what you'll do is you put that poll on your Instagram stories, right? And everybody who said clicked yes, now you can send them a direct DM, a very personal DM. And you can do a copy paste if you want to save yourself a ton of time. And you just say, thank you so much for asking for the link. Here it is. If you have any problems, please let me know. I'd love to hear how this works out for you. Again, thank you for asking for the link. And I really cannot wait to hear what you think. And then you copy and paste the link in. Now, not only are they getting a nice message from you and you're saying, hey, I'd love to follow up, but you have the ability to follow up because you have a conversation, a thread, a DM thread, which allows you to follow up. If I have a swipe up and I say swipe up if you want the discount, I can't see who's swiped up. I have no idea. I can't retarget those people. I can't follow up and say, what did you think? It's done. And it's very impersonal. And most people, as easy as we've made it to go to external links on Instagram, most people don't enjoy doing that. And they would much 
rather go to their browser and type it in. We still like to do a lot of our shopping from the desktop. So it's just a way to create a more personal relationship, to develop follow-up, and to have a conversation. So that's how we do it, guys. I don't like to think of myself as selling on Instagram, even though I can tell you we have sold, you know, well, millions of dollars worth of products and academies and physical goods and courses and seminars, all of those things. But if you ask me, not via selling, I have explained things in such a way that I would to my very best friend and allowed the people who follow me to make an informed decision. I hope that was helpful. Love to hear your feedback. Thank you, by the way, for those of you send screenshots of the show. And here's what Brock and I love when you actually like, you know, write out on your screenshot what it is you loved about the show, because when you post that up to your stories, that's valuable. That is exactly the kind of example that I'm talking about when like, you know, you're not selling our podcast, right? So when you recommend something like the show and it helps your followers and then someone comes and they listen to Build Your Tribe and you're like, yeah, that was really great. And it was free. Now they trust you. They trust you because they can value your opinion and it was valuable to them to take your advice. I do this myself. I recommend podcasts. I recommend books. I recommend movies, TV shows, you know, websites. Like just get in the habit of anything that enriches your life. Start sharing it on your story. Start sharing it with your followers. And maybe you could start with Build Your Tribe. That would be awesome. Listen. It is my goal to be brief, to be bright, to make it fun, and then be done. Y'all, we're done. Thanks for listening. I'll see you soon. I just want to mention to those of you who are on Instagram and trying to grow your Instagram, you probably know that Brock and I did a five-day challenge. It was $27, and it was insane. We had like 5,000 people go through it, and they were blown away. But what we've decided to do since then is for the very same price, offer people a 30-day experience. It's called Insta Club Hub. And it's for those of you who have a small following or a large following, you've got tons of questions about Instagram. It is everything you could possibly ever need to know about Instagram. We go live twice a month. If you miss the live, it's recorded. This is an amazing membership site where once you become a member, once you join, you can log in and like any question you have, you just type it in and it will populate an answer for you that Brock or I have created very recently. And if the answer doesn't pop up, then your question will be emailed to us and we'll either record a voicemail or a video or a written reply explaining to you how to do whatever it is. Like maybe you can't figure out how to get music on your reels or how do I get a swipe up if I don't have 10,000 followers or how do I put a link in my IGTVs? Like every question you could have, like how do I promote my products if I'm in a network marketing organization and I don't want to turn people off? How do I get new followers? Everything you could ever possibly need to know about Instagram is covered for you. You get two top Instagram experts for less than a dollar a day. Hey, I want you to check it out, okay? I know you'll love it. Go to instaclubhub.com. Again, it's instaclubhub.com. And I'd love to have you join us.